If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Okay, so hello everybody. Welcome to the Love Hour podcast. I am your host, Miss Kev on stage, and I'm joined by my husband and co-host. Christian Gray. <laughs> hey, yes, yes. That's a good one. <laughs> that was funny, and it reminded me of um, the introductions that they do on the read. I haven't listened to the read in, in a few years now, but when I used to listen to it, and um, Kid Fury would always like come in with like an introduction of as someone else, and then Crystal would have to guess. That's kind of mm. what that reminded me of. If you don't watch, listen to the read. Okay, disregard. Anyways, <laughs> um, welcome to the Love Hour podcast, where we talk about life, love, the pursuit of happiness, and in February, the month of sex is all we talk about. And so we've had some fantastic um guests this month we've talked about what have we talked about what to expect during sex therapy we've had an episode on trauma we've had an episode on high desire women and we are rounding out the month talking about kinks and fetishes and we have none when dasha what's your last name jenkins hall okay so we have um (laughs) miss Wendasha Jenkins Hall. Yes. Let's get a hand clap for her in our studio audience. To be clear, it's just me, Kevin, Joshua. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited for this conversation because it is definitely going to take me out of my comfort zone. And by take me out, I mean like kick me out and then throw me down a flight of stairs. Um, So before we kind of get into the episode, please um, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do and maybe even how you got into this work. Okay. Yeah, that'd be good. So, hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Wendasha Jenkins Hall. Dr. Come Hall! Come on here. And but I call believe me in respecting... <laughs> Why don't doctors want to be called doctor? No, I am absolutely... Do you prefer Dr. Jenkins Hall, Dr. Uh, Hall, Dr. Wendasha? Or um, just Wendasha? Or Wendoctor? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of that one before. That was, that's the first one. Um, some... Some people call me Dr. Wendasha. Some people call me Wendasha. It just all depends. Okay, we're going with Dr. Wendasha. Okay. (laughs) So, yes, I am a sexuality, sexual health researcher, educator, speaker, and consultant. Mm. And so my work has been based around black female sexuality, particularly sexual health and wellness, also looking at the behavioral and social aspects of our sexuality. Mm. So why we behave the way we behave, why we do the things we do, and really looking at the history behind that, and just the social context behind that. And I have been in this field for the past 16 years, so I've been working in the sexual health field since I was 16 years old. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so just a little bit, just a little bit of time. And I actually started out in HIV AIDS awareness, being from the South, HIV AIDS has ravaged our communities, especially our black communities. And so that's how I started in this field. When I was 16, I was a peer educator. Um, I grew up at, in what I see now at the time in a sex positive household. I didn't even know that considering mm. that. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So my mom <clears throat> grew up in a church. I was in church every single day, I me feel too. like. But my mom did allow me to really explore um, that aspect of HIV AIDS. And I was one of those kids who would. Wait, 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 what does that mean? HIV AIDS? No, no, no. What does explore HIV AIDS? So basically when um, I was growing up, I had a few relatives who had HIV. Oh. And I lost the uncle to HIV and a couple of other relatives. And I really got interested in the topic. But it was something, of course, that was not talked about in the church. Mm -hmm. But my mom saw that it was important that I learned about HIV AIDS and she let me go forth and become trained as a peer educator in our um, hometown of Tallahassee, Florida. Shout out to Tallahassee. Yeah, where T-Pain's from. 
Yes. <laughs> Tallahassee pain. Tallahassee pain. <laughs> and so, and it grew from there. So she allowed me to explore a lot more. She allowed me to really start looking at other aspects of sexuality, which I felt was interesting. Now that I look back on it yeah. at the time. Um, so I was one of those kids who used to watch the History Channel. And they used to have this series called The History of Sex. And I used to watch it all the time. And my mom was like, okay, you just... Oh, that's go ahead and do what you do. Shout out to your mom. Yes. And so I didn't know, realize at the time that that was really being sex positive Mm -hmm. or sex positive of her. And she really answered all my questions. But it was interesting because, like I said, I grew up in a church. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times in church, you're not not having Church is not. It's sex negative. Yeah. You're not having a lot of these conversations. Mm So I'm I'm happy that she allowed me to. And so it just grew from there. And here I am today. Now talk about fetishes and kinks. I hope I'm making my mom proud. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think that that is awesome did you ever find that it was difficult to work in a field like this and um reconcile like maybe your christian morals and values did you ever feel that kind of tug of war at first pull i just learned push pull because we're working on some scripts and stuff and it's a great word so yeah at first it, it was hard i kind of mm-hmm. hit it a little <clears throat> bit so my mom knew what I was doing. She always knew what I was doing, but I wasn't as forthcoming mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. So I would do my work, of course, um, being an academic, I, oh, college campuses, that's what we're doing. We're studying it. I would go out and do workshops mm-hmm. and all of that was fun, but it really was not something that I was comfortable with sharing with my church family until I got a little older and I realized that they're very much interested Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. sex. Mm -hmm. They just don't talk about it. And um, what particularly hit home for me was when I had, um, I was quoted in O Magazine talking about um, masturbation. What'd you you say? What was the quote? (laughs) So basically talking about the benefits of masturbation, especially as we age, um, as women. So uh, as we age, um, how it really helps our vaginas, right? What it it do for them? (laughs) 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 Because it is, as you get older, it is sort of like a you use it or you lose it, right? Mm -hmm. So as we get older, our estrogen um, tends to go down, our vaginas become drier, and you can experience some atrophy so it can start to like close. Hmm. And so if you continue to have sex or you continue to masturbate, you can keep the vagina supple. You can keep it, you know, open and sex won't be as painful as you get older. So um, when I when my mom saw that that happened, she shared it. Oh, wow. Um the church family. The so church she, mother, like this whole vagina been locked up since 84. <laughs> so yeah, she took the magazine to church. Oh, and wow. was like, shout out to moms. Hey, look, at, I was so Y'all shamed. old coochies, that's what's wrong with no. y'all old coochies. Y'all dried up. That valley of dry bones. The, the valley no. of dry bones no. was a great <laughs> Christian bib. That oh, was fantastic. Goodness. No, 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 no. <laughs> So yeah, so she shared. She was like, "Yeah, we." She's like, "Can you come down here one day and give a workshop?" And I was like, "Okay, I teaching guess. the church how to masturbate." No, not teaching the church. Oh, but <laughs> but you do have women ministries who and they come together and they talk about these different oh, things. Snap. And so I was like, one day I'll do that. I'll get up enough nerve to do that because I I grew up in the church and they saw me when I was such a little girl. Yeah. And it's like I'm still no, trying to reconcile. That. I get that. Yeah, that's, I get that's, that. Um, but it's been better. It's been better. My mom shares a lot of things that I do now, and a lot of conversations. My husband's family um, from the South also grew up in the church, and they are, you know, they engage me a lot of, about what I talk about. So it's mm. been it's been easier. It's it's getting nice. it's getting much <clears throat> much easier. You know, one thing that makes life a lot easier when you're talking about sex and masturbating is being able to do so on a very comfortable bed as you guys know we have a purple mattress it is the best because it was built by literal rocket science scientists and it has this very special material that keeps the air cool which is also really important when you're having sex because sometimes it can get hot and heavy Mm -hmm. and so you want to have the opportunity to stay fresh and cool and light the purple mattress will feel like nothing you've ever experienced because it uses brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist i said that it's not like the memory foam you're used to the purple material feels very unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time which is fantastic because in real life i don't like firm or soft it depends on the day 
Like sometimes you want something firm, sometimes you want something soft. And so the fact that it can kind of merge those two worlds is everything. Right now, you can get a 100-night risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund, backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping, and returns. You're going to love Purple. Right now, our listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great deals they're offering site-wide. Just text HEART, Heart. that's H-E-A-R-T, to 84888. The only way to get the free pillow is to text HEART. Heart. That's H E A R T to 84888. One more time, HEART, Heart. to 84888. Do not forget that mass message and data rates apply. I laughed at myself because it was a person in our life that read the word message but thought it was massage massage yeah and it was really funny so anyway we want to jump right into the topic thank you so much for explaining all of that um to us and giving us a background um on everything that you do i do think that like my generation in particular with like the purity movement it's kind of going back to the church and reframing like recognizing mm -hmm. the unintended harmful effects of that movement and kind of reshaping what it means what sexuality means in a Christian world mm -hmm. and so I think there's a lot of um, you know the church taking back sexuality that's happening granted slowly but I do mm -hmm. think that that movement is starting to occur and I think as mm -hmm. we um, the parents of today are raising our children in um, sex positive environments it will continue to mm -hmm. shift did you I have anything okay. yeah I do think that it's true because um really growing up in the Christian church, you kind of feel like, especially when you become an adolescent or a mm -hmm. teenager, that those sexual desires you may have, you're like, oh, that's that's Satan. Or yeah. That's the devil trying to tempt you. But when you really get older, you think, well, we're born sexual beings, mm -hmm. right? So we're born with our genitals that are able and capable of receiving pleasure. Yeah. So sexuality is something that is from birth to the tomb. So from the womb to the tomb, we are sexual people. And so I think that is one thing that a lot of conversations are starting to be had, like you said, in different spaces, especially in the Christian church, mm -hmm. that we have to like reconcile that. It's yeah. not like we become adults and then all of a sudden we're sexual. Right. No, these are just conversations that we have to have. Right. Good stuff. Okay, so I brought you on today to talk about kinks and fetishes, girl. Not so churchy, huh? Not so churchy <laughs> at all. Oh, and, and, and in reality, there might be a lot of shame involved with um, people that maybe did grow up churchy and mm -hmm. they do find themselves having um, a kink or a fetish and they don't feel like they can explore fully that side of themselves. Mm -hmm. So before we get too deep into like all of that, can we... Go through some definitions, level okay. set, so we're all on the same yes, page. Yes, yes. What is a kink? What is a fetish? Okay. So we'll start with kink. So kink is really considered any sexual behavior that is outside of your typical um, vanilla sex or normative sexual behavior. So when we think of vanilla sex, you may think of, okay, your typical missionary, doggy style, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and that's done. 69. 69 is so funny because now when we think of the word normal, that's a very subjective word. Yeah. So 69 can be kinky for some people, especially oh. if they are just used to, you know, like I said, yeah, the missionary. Uh, yeah, P and, you say what else? P and Virginia. Yeah, P and Virginia. <laughs> yeah, P and V or P and A. Um, is A, is P and butt, is that normative or so a? it it all depends so if that can be normal to some people or some people that is a also oh, the scale is relative to yeah, you. yeah so it's person. relative so i don't like to really use normative normal. sexual mm -hmm. behavior because normal is different for a lot of Got people it. but so that's really what kink is however when we think about fetish fetish is when a person has a strong sexual desire or attachment to an inanimate object or a body part that's not usually considered for sex Right. Got it. And so typically they desire or they want their object or their fetish object around or they want to use it during sex. So they want to see it, taste it, smell it, feel it, all of those things during <clears throat> sex. Right. So um, a, every fetish is a kink. But every kink is not a fetish, Got right? It. So you can engage in kink behavior. So you may say, hey, tonight I want to be spanked. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that is something that you have to do all, all the, the time. time or you want to do that all the time. It can mm. be a, hey, we're going to have a little special moment at night. We're going to heat it up and we're going to involve some spanking or some whipped cream or whatever you like to mm, bring. Whipped cream. But 
<laughs> but that doesn't mean that you have to have that, you know, in order to get sexually aroused or to really be into sex. Got it. So when you are talking about, you know, uh, kinks and fetishes, mm-hmm. do you have conversations with couples or whomever mm-hmm. about how they go through um, in a healthy way exploring those sides of their sexuality? Yes. So there are several ways that um, you do that. But of course, I feel like it's important to first just have a conversation about it. Um, it's not something that you just want to spring on somebody. You don't want to just get in the bed. Hey, good morning. And then- Butthole plugs. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> well, that's true. So you don't want to get into the moment and then you're pulling out uh, anal anal bees, especially mm-hmm. if you all never I mean, engaged in anal. That's a very long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's very long. This, uh, is a, this is a workout now. Yeah, or you don't want to just pull out nipple clamps or handcuffs or just anything of that nature. Or you don't want to just have sex and all of a sudden start choking somebody. Mm. And then it's like, no, we no, we did not discuss that. So right. these are conversations that have to be had before you get to the bedroom. So can you walk us through? I always love modeling. I'm a big proponent of modeling because I feel like most of us are like, I hear you have the conversation, but what do I actually say? Mm -hmm. So can you model like I am the kinky person? How do I approach this conversation with my partner? Okay. Okay, you're the kinky person. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, you're the kinky person. person. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... First, a lot of times couples do tend to share fantasies with each other, which I think is good. Well, some couples do, some couples don't. Mm-hmm. But if I'm the person with a particular kink, give me a kink. Um, so say if I want to, um, say if I want to be more like do bondage, or so and have the handcuffs or the silk ties or whatnot. <laughs> and I know that we have never um, experimented with that before. I'll come to you and be like, hey, babe, um, I've been thinking lately that I want to try out um, some bondage, right? And what that means is I just want to try out bringing some handcuffs into the bedroom or some silk ties. This is something that I really want to explore, something that really turns me on. I just want to know what do you what do you think about that? And so I would get your reaction to that, whether it is, uh, hey, yeah, let's do it or whoa, hold up. It just all depends on how they react to it. But then I would start to do a little bit more education around it. So talk to you about, okay, what does bond- what, what is bondage? What happens when we have sex and we participate in that? What are some elements to it? It doesn't have to be handcuffs. It can be silk ties. It can be Japanese bondage tape. It can be different things. I was in Japan. I ain't seen <laughs> no bondage tape. What you talking about? What's bondage tape? So it's like a tape that sticks to itself. It's not, it, uh, it's, so it's not as restrictive as like yeah, makeup. so it's not like you take um, like serial killer masking tape uh, or somebody or anything like that. But um, so you can like have those different elements and really offer options because when you do have a fetish or a kink, you have to start slowly when you're introducing it to a partner and mm. you have to compromise. So your partner may say, "Hey, no, babe, I'm not into the handcuffs." You're like, "Well, how about I take some of your ties?" and tie you up and see how you feel about that. And then you can add elements like, so can we try the handcuffs next time? So it'll be conversations Mm. like that. It's not something that you should just say, hey, um, I think that we should try some bondage and tonight we're gonna do it Mm -hmm. without considering your partner's comfort because that's really what is you have to consider your partner's comfort and they have to consent without feeling like they're being forced Forced into into the situation. So yeah. Did you have something you want to say, Kev? So one thing that I actually thought was really um, good that you modeled for us was that um, you said, I would like to tie bondage and what that means is. Mm -hmm. Because it is so easy for you to say, I imagine me, myself personally, Melissa Fredericks, I would like to try bondage and my mind going way off the deep end yes. mm. as like your imagination take you Red to ball in your mouth listen. leather lace yes. thing and like our mind tends to go to the far yeah, end to of the, the farthest yes. ends of the far earth end of the and, spectrum yeah and so it's better if you're like let me pull that in and mm-hmm. tell you like exactly what that means mm-hmm. to yes. me because actually in your when you said bondage i was i didn't go to like silk ties and think right. i went to dungeon sex slave yeah. room leather lace clamps yes. So yes, um, basically BDSM. So bondage, domination, sadomasochism. But so there's a lot, a lot. But there's a yeah. It's a it runs the gamut. You don't have to be 
in a room like on Fifty Shades of Grey, yeah. tied up to a plank, um, hanging from the ceiling fan, getting spanked. Like, no, that's not. <laughs> that's like but all I Madden feel like level. everybody's yeah. mind would go to that extreme, yes, especially yes. if the only image that you have yeah. of this mm-hmm. is Fifty Shades of Grey, yes. for example. Right. And so you don't recognize, you know, there's levels to this. Yes, it's levels. And so it is so, uh, even when you modeled it, if you could like pick it apart, I thought that that was mm-hmm. important, like kind of detailing specifically what this, like what I'm asking of you mm-hmm. in this moment. So that way we're both on the same page. Yes. And I think you have, to, even as a person who has the fetish or the kink, you need to engage in education yourself. So when you come to your partner, you can help in that education process right. with them. Yeah. So you have to really understand your kink. You have to understand your fetish and understand what you're asking of your partner so that when you come to them and your partner has questions, you can point them in the direction to help them make an informed decision on whether or not they want to participate in that kink or So fetish. when you do that, what what if they have like a completely adverse reaction mm-hmm. and they're like, I'm not down with none of that? Like, mm-hmm. what is the next step if the person isn't is uncomfortable with even the like basic version of, mm-hmm. of, of what you asked for. You have to respect that. You can't Aww. force. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> you can't. He said, oh, no. <laughs> Because you can't force your partner mm-hmm. to participate in an activity in which they don't feel comfortable. And how enjoyable would that sexual experience be if right. you know that you're forcing them into that and yeah. knowing that they're not comfortable with it. So you have to respect it and see if you could come up with some type of com- compromise. And that compromise can be asking them what are some of their desires? What are some things that they would like to try? And then you can see, okay, well, I'm interested in that. So we can possibly try some mm-hmm. food or something like that what they may be interested in but you cannot force your partner so do you ever you should come, not force them come back to it later you know if, if they're like hey i'm not comfortable with that is it like okay that's a is that off the table forever yeah. so yeah i would so you would ask your partner is this something that okay we put a yellow light on and say okay let's think about it and consider it later or if they say completely i'm red no i'm not doing that like i've met the many people who like i'm just totally against anal bees anal sex that's just not what i do you just have to respect that yeah and some people are like well let me do a little bit more research on it first right let me try to see how i can safely participate in this or make it something that's enjoyable for me and then you just visit it at a later time i think mm-hmm. the color the green yellow red is yes. so mm-hmm. uh important because some things that were red become yellow mm-hmm. and something that are yellow become green and something that were green become yellow or red yeah um and it just kind of shows that being in a healthy communicative or a healthy relationship that has a lot of communication mm-hmm. is valuable in the bedroom and yes. outside of the bedroom. You yes. know what I mean? Cause it's going to be hard to go to like anal beads or whatever your uh, kink is. If you're not having a good conversation, if you don't have good conversations about, you know, other stuff, you know what I mean? And it's important to know that things can go from green to red, even during the act. Mm. So um, a person may say, yes, I'm down, but if you bring out the anal beads and then they, you get going to like, oh, ap, nope, this is not something that feels good to me. You have to stop, right? You have to respect In theory, that. it might have worked, but in, in practicality, it's yes, not. Yes, yes. And yeah. that happens with um, some kinks where people may think, okay, this is something that can work for us. But once they get into the act, it's not something that they really want to do. Mm. So like one kink that a lot of people think that works for them is like threesomes. So that's, you know, a part of kinky sex. Some people think, oh, this is something that I want. But when they actually get into the process of planning that and really because they they should be planned. That's funny. So Thursday at eight. Yes, you have to plan and you have to consider the person who you're bringing in and you have to get their consent, what they're comfortable. So it's a planning process that should take place when it comes to that. Then some people realize that, no, this is not something that we want to do. Right, right. It's not something that should be healthy for our relationship at this time. We can probably reconsider it. I think that that is so important and really good aspect to note Mm -hmm. that even because it allows people, I would be the person that would be in the middle of something that I thought was good and be Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I don't know, but feel like I committed. And so you have to go through with it. So giving people um, the freedom to even say and have that conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, beforehand, this is a great podcast to have with your spouse. So you set the ground Mm -hmm. rules between you and I. 
know that in the middle if i say no because it just i just couldn't do it that i mean no and i can't you can't get mad at me right because one of the things that uh we've talked about uh even when um emily was here was about safety yes in the bedroom mm-hmm. and if i feel like your response would be adverse or negative or you would get angry at me that's not safe no it's, it's not, not safe, safe for me to speak safe. up mm-hmm. and that's not space uh safe for my emotions to like mm-hmm. speak my mind and how I feel and so you have to set those parameters ahead of time especially when you're going through something as delicate as kinks and fetishes and that kind of thing where somebody may be like I don't really know how I feel about this but I love you so I'm willing to try it but I need this to be a safe zone for us yes and if you're a person with the kink even when you talk about feeling safe it's always good to continually check in even during the act to make sure that your partner is comfortable to make sure that this is something that still feels good to them or if they want to try something new or try something different and even engaging in some aftercare so if you, this is your first time with the anal bees. I don't know why we stuck on the anal bees, but it's just in my. <laughs> a good point to start. Yes. With. <laughs> so even after that act, after you've um, had sex, just checking in with your partner to make sure, like, was that okay? Um, what did what you is, like? I don't know what about didn't. anal bees. What? How do they work? What's the like pleasure? You just stick them in and then be like, they up in there now. Do <laughs> you just stick them in? <laughs> so first, when you come, there are different types of anal bees. You have some that are on a wand. I wish I could mm-hmm. I should have brought some demos, but a wand and then you have some that are actual like on a string. Okay. Yeah. Or you have your traditional butt plugs. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is you just always use lube and you will lube up the bead or you will lube up the um butt plug and then you will gently you know, insert. And we always say that you should have anal beads or um butt plugs with a flared edge so that the end of the butt plug or whatnot should be bigger than your actual so anus. So it stops because your butt is like a vacuum. So if you put something up there, like, hey, hey, come on in. It, can, it will suck it up. Really? And so, and it can be hard to retrieve. <laughs> and so you always want to make sure that you have like a pull loop or the flared edge so it won't go up in your butt. That was but really then, good yeah. education. Yeah, that, a lot of people are in there, lots of lube. And also, even when it comes to that, there are levels to um, anal beads. So you um, can start small. So if a person's like, I'm not sure about this, I've never engaged in this, they have small anal beads or they mm. have small plugs. And then as a person gets more comfortable, they can get bigger. So are there, is there pleasure, centers, pleasure sen- sensors, sensors in your butt? Some people do experience pleasure um, when it comes to anal sex. So um, especially some um, men or male bodies, because of the stroking of the prostate gland, it can be pleasurable to them. Mm. Some um, I've talked to some women and they said that the um, penetration, because it's rubbing up against the wall of their vaginas, they feel like it brings brings pleasure, but it's to each his own. Mm. Some people find it pleasurable. Some people don't. You just got to be safe to make sure you don't tear anything or nothing gets sucked up. Get your butthole torn. Yes, yeah, so friction, you know, because it doesn't naturally lubricate. Mm. So you have to have lots of lube so that you don't have any of that tearing. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what else is um, really personable and something that you should consider, especially when you're talking about lube and anal beads. You should talk about grooming as well. Mm-hmm. And for some people being nicely shaven is the way to go. And so even and it's not just for women. It is for men as well. Oh, shave them balls, bro. Manscape. Oh, y'all. <laughs> Lil' Cap be getting faded, bro. I be tapering them up. I do designs. Sometimes I give oh, the three wow. lines and stuff. It's a trimmer, right? <laughs> it's a trimmer, man. And the thing is, you want to make yourself presentable in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And man, Bush is out. The president but and the don't... balls. don't. Yes, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I just think men, we should take the stigma out of out of, out of uh, grooming. The other, take the time to, to shave your head here. Make sure you're good. Make sure your beard's lined up. Make sure your balls are lined up, too. Your balls should be lined up. The other thing I think, though, is that I don't think all men actually care as much as women do. And so mm. this actually could be a gift, so to speak, that a man would give to his woman, to give his wife. Give your girl the gift of clean balls. I do think that that's a gift. <laughs> clean shaven <laughs> balls are more attractive. Ask your partner. I said, Liz, what you think? She was like, I like it. I like it very much nicer. It's like putting a little tuxedo on your pee. You have to go to the prom. You can't. You, you got to get a haircut before you go out. <laughs> 
You wouldn't go out with your hair unkempt? Come on, you you wanted to suck on it. Hello? Make it presentable. <laughs> These are facts, though. Okay, so we're going to tell you about my Manscaped. The engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and, and just released the new and amped improved Lawn Mower 3.0. This third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent oh. manscaping accidents because you know that skin down there is very sensitive mm, yes. and you can cut yourself very easily. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free <laughs> thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Millions of balls Listen, Manscaped, you couldn't have sponsored a better episode? <laughs> <laughs> One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming mm. areas for a closer, more precise trim. This is actually really cool. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to make the comparison, but follow me. I just bought a brand new vacuum cleaner that has an LED light. And the reason why it's important is because it allows you to see all of the dirt mm-hmm. that you're, the naked eye can't normally see. So what this LED does is allow you to see everything that you missed. Mm-hmm. So you get a nice, clean, nick-free shaved balls area. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code LOVEHOUR Love at hour. manscaped.com. Get 20% off plus free shipping. That's a fantastic deal with the code Love hour Love at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping, manscaped.com. Use promo code Love Hour. Love Listen, we've talked yeah. about balls, we've talked about your mattress, and now we want to talk about your sheets. So make sure you also are getting feathery soft sheets using Etitude. Kevin and I have the Etitude sheets. We have the black ones. I'm actually going to go on there probably this weekend to buy some white ones because I think there is nothing like a fresh grown up hotel looking pair of white sheets don't at me that's just my personal preference I think it's clean and nice and having a nice fresh linen on your bed that smells like it just came out of the washer is such a grown woman thing okay why not try attitude these amazing sheets have a 30-day risk-free trial if you're not fully satisfied you can return your sheets for a full refund they even cover shipping on returns attitude is betting for the educated conscious consumer it's 100% organic bamboo made with a toxic non-toxic manufacturing process and it's hypoallergenic and it's hypoallergenic we're going to stop there attitude sheets they're soft as silk breathable as linen but the price of cotton and they're really soft and like i said that but they are really really soft you're going to love them when you when you support our sponsors you also support the show and right now our listeners get 20 percent off their first sheet set and free shipping just text our that's h-o you are to 64,000. The only way to get 20% off your attitude sheets and free shipping is to text our that's H O U or R to 64,000. All right, these ads have been fun today. <laughs> um, all right, so. We've talked about kinks. We've talked about fetishes. We've talked about modeling the behaviors mm-hmm. or modeling the conversation. Can we talk about the receiving party? Okay. Okay. So the person that would hear, uh, I'm into kinks. So they're the rece- the person receiving that information from their partner or their spouse. How can we, that person, be more open to having this like what are things that we should challenge about ourselves in order to not be like oh child heck no and what is wrong with you go lay on the altar <laughs> lay lay your fetishes at the altar okay um so i feel like it all before it even gets to this point of a person introducing a fetish or a kink to you they have to feel comfortable with you so you have to have shown them that there is a level of intimacy vulnerability that you all have with each other that they even feel comfortable coming to you with that Mm -hmm. because there is inherently an element of rejection so if you're a person on the receiving end i think it's important for you to listen Okay. Really take in what is being said because we can have some visceral reactions, That's especially if you're saying, "Hey, I want to, I want to hang you from the ceiling and smack you or something like that." I'm not saying that a person would do that, but they could. <clears throat> so you have a visceral reaction to that. It's important to listen. Okay, it's important to reflect on what is being said, and it's also important to repeat back what you're hearing. So what you're saying, you want to hang me and then smack me. <laughs> 
Okay, now am I facing up? Am I down? Am I, is the so blood rushing to my head? So when you're repeating back, that gives the opportunity for you to get more information and really understand where your partner is coming, coming from. from. So that when you're having that back and forth dialogue, then you can start to make an informed decision saying, OK, so this is what they're saying to me. And then you talk about, OK, well, this is how I'm feeling in this moment. So this is how I'm feeling about what you're saying. And the conversation goes from there and then also allow your t- um, self time or the space to have a visceral reaction. Mm. And I think a lot of times people are like, well, I just have to be so come in the moment I'm not saying blow up and cuss and fight the person but say okay I need some time and space to really reflect and think about this because you have to understand that when you're asking people to do certain sexual acts you don't know what type of trauma they've probably experienced Mm. you don't know what type of associations they have Mm. with the act that you're Mm -hmm. um, asking them to do so you have to allow yourself space and time to really process. Uh, I think that that was a really great answer. I think think that people would feel the need, especially like when you receive and consume Mm -hmm. a lot of information and you're like, okay, I don't want my spouse to feel bad. I don't want them to feel guilty. Like I don't want them to feel shame. So I feel like I'm going to repress all my natural inclination, you know, in an an attempt to make my spouse feel very comfortable. So saying like, allow yourself the space and not necessarily do it in a bad way like heck no you ain't putting yeah. nothing yeah. what in my butt but <laughs> what but Jeez. saying like okay so that was a lot of information <laughs> i i need like yes. let me let me just have a moment yes. so you can like kind of check yourself yes that's very important especially um, growing up in the church, you always hear the marriage bed is undefiled. What you does that even mean? That when <laughs> I start to get out of jail free card, you can do anything in the marriage bed. Yes, undefiled. Uh, they tell you, especially um, if you're a woman, that you should not deny your husband mm-hmm. any yep. of their sexual pleasure. So, and your bodies become one. So, my body is your body, your body is my body. So, we have those thoughts. And that a lot of times we feel that we have to say yes, yes, even though it's something that does not feel good to us. We have that like, well, my husband wants it or my wife wants it, my partner wants it. I have to do it yeah. because we love each other. Or I love them and I want them to be happy. But at the end of the day, if your partner truly cared about you and your feelings and how you feel in that moment, they would not be asking you to put yourself in an uncomfortable predicament. Or you should have the space to say, I am uncomfortable. I, this is not something I want to participate in. But we do kind of repress and be like, okay, I'm going I'm to try this. And then before you know it, we're engaging in an act that just does not feel inherently good to us. Mm. <laughs> something do you want to say? Sex on periods. How do you... <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. I've heard, so in, in church, you were, we were taught that that's unclean. Yes, yes. Do you, do you subscribe to that notion? No, I don't subscribe to that notion that is unclean, but that does not mean that I'm going to invalidate someone else who does subscribe to nice that. Nice clarifier. Um, so, but personally, that's not my belief. I don't believe that um, it's unclean because even in the Bible, if you're menstruating, you're not supposed to even go to church. You're not even supposed to be sleeping in the same house, you know, as you So you... See, we don't read the whole... Thing. So yeah, you have to read, read the, whole, the whole thing. So not you have even, a lot of people who are menstruating who are going to church. Yeah, right? they be preaching. So, but we only talk about it when it comes to to sex. So yeah. I personally don't subscribe saying that oh, it's dirty or it's unclean. If you have um, period mm-hmm. sex, it can actually be beneficial for some people when they have period sex because I heard it helps with cramps. Yeah, and it sex. can help with cramps. I will take care of them cramps. Endorphins. <laughs> so yeah, it can relax it can help relax you you know when you're mm-hmm. feeling stressed so there are some benefits to having period sex but if you're a person who feels like that's something you don't want to do then you couldn't you have, have the white that. sheets you'd have to have the black ones i will always suggest that if you are averse to the sight of blood probably have lay down a dark color towel or mm-hmm. do it on some dark color sheets or it sitting in the bathtub shower sex can be kind of dangerous depending on what you're doing so it can be yeah. dangerous you can slip and fall. Oh, physically dangerous. <laughs> like, yes, literally. You can literally you can slip and fall. I slip in the shower just being in there. But so just am, tell you. Yeah, so just like, imagine when you have t- people trying to engage in sex yeah. and then something you can slip and fall out the bathtub or out the shower. Can you so. imagine dying like that? How'd he die? You know, we was in there period sexing. He done slipped out the tub, <laughs> bust his head on the toilet. I love him. He went out doing what he loved though. Yes. You know, looked just like himself. You know. <laughs> You know what's interesting? So we talk about this on Righteous and Ratchet one time. Uh, we're talking about pegging. I'm, mm-hmm. You're familiar, mm-hmm. I'm sure. 
Um, and we were talking about whether it's gay or not. Because in the black community, we we're talking about it on Twitter. It was like, mm-hmm. man, that's gay. Literally mm-hmm. anything that's un, 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 unnatural or outside of the realm of normal, I guess. I don't know how to say the right terms. But anyway, um, so in the Discord After Dark chat, we have a Discord After Dark chat on mm-hmm. our Patreon. Uh, I turned my back on them <laughs> for a second. When I came back, they was talking about the pagan. And I said, okay. hey, what you talking? So um, if you're not familiar, pegging is when the uh, the woman does the sex uh, to the man. And mm-hmm. he is the butt and she is the woman. Uh, or he... It, it, that's happening, but he's the receiving end. Mm-hmm. So receptive. receptive. Receptive anal sex. Anal yeah. sex from a woman. Mm-hmm. Now. Wait, fix it. Oh, I thought you had something you wanted to fix. No. Me? No, you. Me? Oh, yeah. Dr. Wendasha. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, Wendasha. No, I was just saying receptive anal sex. That's just. You know, you're, just so, yeah, you're on the receiving end if you're a, a male. Yeah. I, I'm not talking about pegging specifically. I don't think that. Anything that you do with your wife can be, I, I think homosexuality, unless I'm mistaken, is sexual acts done with a person of the same sex. Okay. I don't mm-hmm. think that act with your person of the other sex is homosexual, or am I wrong? So we're getting now into like sexual orientation and gender identity, things like that. So I would stop said there's no such thing as a gay sexual position or a gay sexual activity or behavior, mm-hmm. right? So I I don't believe I'm labeling something, oh, if you do this, then you're participating in homosexual or gay activity versus not. And then also there is a line that if you are having sex with a person of the same gender, that does not necessarily mean that you are gay, right? So there's a, because sexuality is fluid. So you have bisexuality, you have other sexual orientations out there. But I don't think pegging in particular is something that is considered gay and I don't think it should be and also if you're having sex with your partner your wife husband spouse or whatnot what you're doing together is what you're doing together right so why is it all of a sudden considered gay if for example your wife is doing the pegging but if you were having anal sex with her that's not considered gay like, like, what's the what's the difference? Oh, it's like, well, if it's two women, it's a threesome. If it's two men, it's, it's a, train. a train. Yeah, it's it's a whole bunch of double standards. And, yeah, it's a and, double standard, and it's 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 patriarchy, it's sexism, it's all of these things that really trap us when it comes to our sexuality. Yeah. It really restricts us and our pleasure. Right. Yeah. So no, I don't think that a person who's being pegged is is gay unless they identify as being gay. Right. So I don't. Yeah, but I understand why people think that way. But yeah. it's it's really no, it's not it's not gay at all. That's a really kind of deep conversation. I'm gonna steer us away from it intentionally. Yes. <laughs> um, and the reason why is because people have very strong convictions. Yes. About what it means to <clears throat> um, be gay, what it means to be uh, um, heterosexual, what it mm-hmm. means to be a man. Yes. Like those things have, and, and I have my own feelings, but I just feel like child, you can get in a whole heated yeah, presidential yeah. debate about <laughs> topics like this, and so. So this is an intentional set. Yeah, it way. deserves something like a whole nother yes. like episode because it. Yeah, and, yeah. And I not, think the reason it, I brought it up is because a lot of times, as a man, you feel I feel. I want to say you. I feel like there's certain things I can't enjoy. Not pegging, relax, uh, because I, as a man, you know, like if um, you know the area between the balls and the butt, the gooch, the gooch, mm-hmm. that little just a little bit of come here, I'd be like. <laughs> Oh man, stop! Let's do it a little mm-hmm. bit. No, you know what I mean. And there's so much of patriarchy. I feel like is ingrained in you mm-hmm. that it robs you of enjoying sexuality yes. to its fullness because you you're afraid of what someone might think that doesn't even know what you're doing in your yes. bedroom at the time. Like it's in it's insane to me in some ways how much of uh, other people's thoughts and fears and societal and religious ideas, all of that creates your sexual identity yes and even just other like random body parts like nipple plays some some men feel like oh i can't enjoy my nipples being touched because i'm a man Mm. right so it really it takes for someone to really unpack why they are feeling the way they're feeling about certain sexual activities so why when someone's touching my nipples this makes me feel uncomfortable or why when somebody is touching my gooch or when my partner's touching my gooch i have a visceral reaction does it not feel good or it does feel good but i just feel guilty about it so where's this guilt 
coming from? Where's this shame coming from? Because you want to be shame free in the bedroom in order to really have the best sex possible. And so when you bring a lot of these things into the bedroom, you're restricted. Yeah. And because a lot of times it causes us, we need to unpack a lot of things because some things that are trauma, we don't even know that we're carrying sexual trauma because of what we've been taught as children. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And but we don't view it as trauma. We view it as, oh, that's just the way it's supposed to be, or that's just how I was taught. But we don't understand that that's that's really restricting us in our pleasure mm-hmm. and what we can really, you know, God created pleasure for us, right? He did. And so why can't we oh, experience yeah. it in our fullness with the safety of our partners? But in order to get there, it's something that we just have to unpack and consciously be aware of. That is the work in therapy. Yes. Um, is unpacking that. When we had um, one of the OBGYNs on, she was talking about when uh, women, she's OB, so obviously she's seeing women come in and they have like issues with um, gynecologists. But anyways, when women have issues with their um, sexuality, the number one thing she does, like usually there's nothing wrong with them medically. Mm-hmm. She refers them to a sex therapist. Yes. Because a lot of it is those things that you're holding on in your mind mm-hmm. that prevent your body from responding, yes. you know, mm-hmm. erotically to something um, because you feel conflicted. There's an internal push pull uh, going on about, yes. you know, what you've been socialized to believe versus what you think you want or what mm-hmm. you may not want and what you're partner once like all of that causes it's confusing yes to be honest and so you need to go to to therapy to unpack all of that um the other thing that we want to i keep saying the other thing and i'm about to stop saying it but we're here now the other thing that we need to unpack is dry skin it is winter and a lot of us are out here with dry ashy skin and you want to have glowy dewy skin and i know we know that's easy to do in the summer because sweat but in the winter you have to try a little bit harder to combat dry air conditions so i want to tell you about glossy a as you guys already know i use this product i use it this morning am i glowing Joshua on camera okay good because I used it this morning with their hyaluronic acid uh, what matters what matters to you most when it comes to skincare is it quality of ingredients effectiveness Obviously, it's both of those things. You don't want to sacrifice one for the other. Glossier believes beauty starts with skin first, makeup second. This is a fact. I concur. Glossier, you have my stamp of approval. Start with your skin and then add the makeup. Glossier's top-selling milky jelly cleanser is the perfect way to start your skincare routine. The pH balance formula has a blend of five skin conditioners. Dermatologists tested. It is hypoallergenic, non-irritating, cruelty, and paraben-free. It's tough on impurities but gentle on your eyes and everywhere else but it still feels like it's getting your skin clean which is important because sometimes you try things that are me personally I try things and they're too gentle and I feel like well did this work yeah (laughs) (laughs) did this work at all so it is gentle but it does feel effective and like it's actually doing the job get that glowy dewy skin for yourself by visiting glossier.com slash podcast slash love learn more and take the quiz to find your ultimate glossier skincare routine plus all of my new customers will get 10% off their first order go to glossier.com slash podcast podcast slash love again that's glossier spelled g-l-o-s-s-i-e-r dot com slash podcast slash love certain exclusions may apply all right so i think i want to round out this episode talking about because you were talking about like what we believe and going on in our mind so can you talk about specifically I know you study like black female sexuality Mm -hmm. how we as women are often socialized and how Mm -hmm. that shows up in our world today yes so when we look at black female sexuality we have to think about it through a historical lens and of course that dates back to slavery colonialism and that could get just get really deep however when we think there are just different stereotypes we have when we think about black women. So Mm. either you are the mammy, which means that you're asexual, you're the caregiver, you don't think about sex, nothing about you is sexualized. And you also have the stereotype of the Jezebel. So if you go to church, you know who Jezebel is, Mm. but (laughs) if not Jezebel, the Jezebel stereotype is that, okay, 
that you're overly sexual, mm -hmm. you're lewd, you're just beguiling, you just want sex all the time, mm -hmm. you trick and use your sexuality to, to get what you want. Yeah. And of course, when we have that stereotype, that's when we get into, okay, wow, we have, quote unquote, the um, black baby mamas who have in, like the welfare mamas, the crack babies, and it gets really deep into that. Yeah. And it all starts with how we're socializing or how we're socialized around our sexuality. And so when we look at this, these images are all throughout our culture. So when you tend to see um, black women in the media, there's some aspect of us that tends to be sexualized, mm. right? So whether that means that we have to show more boob, have to show more butt or whatnot, that tends to be at the forefront mm -hmm. a lot of times is our sexuality. Not to say that you can't be a sexual person and show boobs and butt and be empowered, because that is a thing too. However, we're talking about when it comes to the negative aspects of our sexuality. So what you tend to have when you have all these sexual images out there, you have some people who take the respectability route. So they're saying, I'm an upstanding Negro. I do not <laughs> wear the short skirts. I do not listen to the rap music. I don't twerk. I don't do all of that because I want to appear respectable. I want people to respect me. I don't yep. want them to see me for my sexuality. Right. So I'm not going to lead with that. Whatever I do when it comes to sex will be behind closed doors. And even when I do engage in sex, there is not going to be some freaky, kinky, mm -hmm. fetish type sex. I'm going to hold it together because I'm a I'm a lady. Right. It's I'm really about being a lady, yeah. right? So that respectability there. But then you have some who have reclaimed that sexuality. So why can't I go out and show my body? Why can't I go out and be the sexual being that I want to be since this is my body and I'm going to be liberated in my sexuality? You have those who respond to it that way, but it's still that fine line, right? right. And what is considered a positive depiction of our sexuality versus a negative depiction of our sexuality. And when we're putting it out there, what message that we're sending. Yeah. It really is that that complicated issue, that give and pull, because we see women like Beyonce, right? Who are out there killing it. And she had her whole sexual awakening with her album, Beyonce. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, we uphold her and we have people like Meg Thee Stallion. It's like, yeah, that's great. But at the end of the day, in the back of our minds, we have this cognitive dissonance saying, well, do we want our daughters to do that? Or do we, or how, how does that look to white people? Really, when we're thinking oh about black sexuality, it's about Everything comes how back does to that, that look to white people in the white gaze? So are they going to think that I'm some fast, tail, loose woman? Are they going to see me as just being a, a person who's liberating my sexuality? So it really it really boils down to it's just a, like a cognitive dissonance that I always say. It's just I want to be this. I feel this way. But at the end of the day, how am I being viewed from the outside? And so some people build, deal better with that. Some people are like, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do me. I'm going to be sexual. This is who I am. While some people are like, I, I just don't know. I don't know how to reconcile it. So. I hope I got around to you. I just like I just said a no, lot. No, so like, I hope that I got around to Did that. you want to say add some Kev? Mm -mm. How do you have recommendations for those people that mm -hmm. are maybe struggling taking the respectability route, but maybe mm -hmm. do they do want to embrace more of their mm -hmm. sexuality, like reclaim some yes. of that freedom? So it really because I used to be that person, um, Respectable, and I know that sounds crazy, like doing what I do. But I always wanted to have this image of like, oh, I'm a upstanding person. Uh, even though I study sex, I'm not sexual. I'm not a, you know, we are fear being called a hoe, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Is we we fear that, right? And so, what it really is is really coming to yourself and asking, why do I feel the way that I feel about my sexuality? Who taught me that my sexuality is problematic? Mm. Who taught me that it's not okay to be a sexual person or to like the things that I want to like? And a lot of times, that unpacking can be done. Some people journal. Some people are able to come through that by reading and by engaging with other people. But some some people need therapy. Some people have to go and sit down and have to have somebody help them work through that and unpack that. Because when it comes to respectability, especially like when we think about the church, you, you want to be upstanding. You want to live for the Lord. You want to run that race. However, I'm a single woman in the church and I want sex sometimes. Or I have these desires. So well, like what what can I do to reconcile that a husband's not coming? Like so we have those things that we <laughs> Husband not coming, but I am. Oh no! 
sat down with a friend. <laughs> and so it really, it really comes down to really having a person or a therapist that can help you really unpack that because when we think about sexuality, that's years and mm-hmm. years of messaging that we received in the media, that we received in the church. And it's not something that we can just wake up overnight and be like, oh, you know what? I'm sexually liberated. I'm going to go out here and be my best sexual self and Should live my sure best wish life. It was that easy. It's, it's not that easy. <laughs> and it comes up even when you're engaging in sexual relationships. Even when people sometimes get married, they still have a that block like, I, I can't, I can't mm. do this. Or it feels, it feels sinful to desire sex even though I'm with my partner like Mm -hmm. I met some people who are working through that and so really therapy is a way to go also if you are at a church that's more sex positive I don't know any churches out there that really are truly 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 sex positive but really if they have those resources to engage their members around healthy sexuality there are some ministers who are out there doing that especially those who have subscribed to like feminist and womanist ideologies that are really helping women understand who they are sexually and what that means to God and right and so it's it really is about coming and just really trying to understand who you are sexually and as a person but there's no easy way to get there no. I wish it was like okay I can just read this book and say a prayer and be done and I'm happy and like no it's just like no real easy way to go about yeah. doing it and I, I, it's the work of a lifetime yes it's the work of a lifetime when I think about um, I actually want to do a Melissa 2.0 update uh, and that's kind of my own mm-hmm. like you said Beyonce coming into her own I feel like that was kind of my own revelation um, and evolution but something that you said that triggered my mind and I think it's three things I think it's education mm-hmm. I think it's therapy and I think it's intentionality mm-hmm. and the unfortunate thing though is that trying to do all three of those things even though I haven't done therapy it's still on my list of things to do um, it gets exhausting yes And so you feel like you're constantly trying to fight against your natural disposition Mm -hmm. and like trying to work yourself to be better and do better. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like that. And sometimes you're just like, God, I just want to be. Yes. I don't want to always have to like struggle to like become this better version of myself. And so I'm at a point where I'm like, God, I'm just tired and I just don't want to do it anymore. And so um, I say all that to say that, like, I do think those are the three ingredients Mm -hmm. for anything in life that you're doing no matter what you're doing I think you need to be um, educated about it I think Mm -hmm. you should go to therapy and I also think on an everyday basis you have to be intentional because you can't get lazy you'll go back to your default position and even thinking about that and understanding that our sexuality is fluid and we change what does that mean out our lifetime okay I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off but you hear fluid a lot mm-hmm. and Kevin and I actually were watching the show last night on Netflix love called is blind. love is blind <laughs> you was watching it yes you, see it? you saw it oh I have enjoyed <laughs> it, it you hear me with with Mr. Carlton yes, yes. yes. and so we've yes. been hearing I feel like it's definitely he said he love with, I'm in love with hearts he I'm in love with hearts okay I yeah. think definitely um the idea of even gender fluidity yes. and sexual fluidity I think mm-hmm. those are like buzzwords right mm-hmm. now and Magical not buzz in a in a <laughs> What'd you say? Vaginal fluidity. Um, I don't think that necessarily like in a bad way. I just think that it's a word that's come up more and more and more. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to always define. So what yes. does that mean? So when we think about being sexually fluid, that means that we are just not tied to one way of being when it comes to our sexuality. So we're not just saying, okay, me personally, I'm just saying, using myself as an example, I'm not just saying, okay, yes, I am a straight woman who only has sex or only has desire for men. If I'm a sexually fluid person, I can be like, well as I allow myself to grow and experience more that I am enabling myself to probably have more feelings towards a a woman or a person who is gender non-conforming or non-binary and I'm not holding myself to this heterosexual binary framework of sexuality. So that's really what it means to be sexually fluid. So you're just not limiting yourself to one way of being when it comes to your um, sexuality. And so when we're thinking about Carlton, I think it's his name mm-hmm. on Love is Blind. So that's what he was saying that he he said he's in love with hearts. Mm-hmm. So basically, I would I'm not going to define who he is because he has not put that label out there. But he may be a person who 
we may consider pansexual. So they don't see a gender. Like they don't see, okay, I'm attracted to men or I'm attracted to me, uh, women or I'm attracted to non-binary or they see the person for who they are no matter what their gender orientation or the sexual orientation may be. And I, But even though I think he said he's more so bisexual, um, it's still I'm still trying to figure out what's going on like with Carlton and that whole situation. Um, but yeah, so he is a sexually fluid person. Now, how he went about expressing that probably was not the best Girl. way. And it probably was the editing. And of course, in all situations, you should be forthcoming so that your partner can make informed decisions. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, that's what it really means to be, you know, sexually fluid. So it doesn't just mean I don't know what, what some people may think it means, but. That's really what it is. You're not being confined to that box of I'm a heterosexual person or I'm just a gay man or a gay woman. You give yourself room and space to experience more than that. I think I get that. Um, But I I think I want to be um, sometimes I feel like if you do define yourself as heterosexual and then I'm going to come off this point because this can get deep and I don't I don't I purposely try not to do that actually I'm not going to say it okay moving on (laughs) I've decided to check myself um so I think we're ready to close out this episode so I always like Kev do you have any last questions okay so I always like for my guests to how do you introduce it to the nips hot wax well there are actual certain burning candles that you use when really? it comes to yes, not regular candles. No, so <laughs> you there are certain candles you use that tend to more so have um, different elements in them, like um, shea butter, coconut oil, and things like that, um, because they don't have as high of a temperature like burning point. So you shouldn't be out here using a beeswax candle because it it has to get so hot for it to melt. Right. So that means the wax is going to be uh, very hot. hot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So yeah. if you pour it on someone, you can get burns, but there are actual special candles for wax play that I people that. use. I think that that's an important point because what can happen is you fight your sp- spouse to eventually decide to do this temperature play or whatever, but you haven't done your research to know yes. don't use the candle right. that's on your <laughs> tabletop. Yeah. And then your partner has third degree burns and now they're saying, don't ever ask me to do anything about again. nothing yes. else ever again because <laughs> yes. I now have a scar on my body fooling with you and your foolishness. So I think that that is because that's how I would be. <laughs> that's now how see that I you done did your research. Now I got a scar fooling with your foolishness. Exactly. So I think it's important that you educate yourself. Yes. You're going to enter into these things, whatever kinks, fetishes, whatever that looks like or means to you, that you do it in a way that's responsible and yes. respectful so you don't come out of the other end in a whole entire fight with your spouse. Yes. Because it didn't end the way that you imagined yeah, it. Yeah, so that, that's with anything. So, like, people who, like, you know, choking during sex or breath play, that's a proper way you choke somebody. Is everything called play? Well, it's just... It just what Sometimes. are all breath the different play? plays? You talked about breath play, yeah, impact so, play. What's impact play? So impact is when um, you're being spanked or struck. So somebody so, be like, "Yo, just sock me in the chest." I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's okay because okay. you probably hurt someone <laughs> if you sock them in the chest. But people who like to be flogged or spanked or paddled. Kevin always likes to take it to the extreme. So you say impact play. Oh, so you wanted me to sock Hit you me in with the face. car? I didn't the say. Room. I didn't say sucker punch somebody. Yeah. Like no, but that's. <laughs> In a controlled environment. So temperature play. So wax play is a form of temperature play. So because you're playing with that heated element. Also temperature play can be bringing in ice. Right. Mm. And so placing that on the body. And when I say breath play. um, You're playing with the constriction of breath. Right. So but there's a proper way to do that. Right. There are proper ways to go about doing these things so that people are not hurt. Yeah. In the process. Yeah. And that takes a lot of. That's trust, trust, and yeah, and making it's, sure yes. it's a safe space. Yes, and then when you do it, like I say, that aftercare, saying like, "How did this feel? What did you like? What you did not like? Is there something we could change? Do you not want to do this anymore?" So those are also conversations. Mm. That aftercare, I think, is a good. Yes, yeah, I think that's important. Okay, anything else you wanted to add? We talked about a lot. Yes, we talked about a lot. <laughs> um, I don't think I have anything else to add, but I would just say. Just don't be afraid to explore something that you desire. If the person, so like I said, 
fetishes and kinks, there's nothing wrong with them as long as both partners are consenting and no one is being harmed. Right. So you can't have a fetish that is going to bring harm to someone. So um, like we'll be calling paraphilias. So, you know, people probably heard like pedophilia and things like that. No, that's not OK. Right. Because that's bringing harm. Bestiality. If you're doing something with animals, that's bringing harm. But if a person is consenting and you both have discussed it and it's bringing pleasure, no harm. It's, it's okay. It's okay if um, to go out and do that. It doesn't make you weird. It doesn't make you abnormal. It just means that you're just experiencing another aspect of your sexuality. It's a variation in sexuality. That's all. Can I pull this back just one? I want to pull it back one step because mm-hmm. I felt this and I'd be saying what I feel. Uh, okay. And I think that it's important before anyone watching or listening goes to their partner and Mm -hmm. is like, yo, listen to this episode because I have like some ideas. I think it is important to have a conversation first about the um, emotional safety of Mm -hmm. your bedroom. Yes. Please do not approach your spouse talking about kinks and fetishes and all the desires you want to do about constricting their breath. If you haven't honored their desire to not be touched in a certain way. Yes. If you haven't honored their desire. What'd you say? Oh, I thought you said sorry. (laughs) Um, If you haven't honored their boundaries, if you haven't Mm -hmm. honored their red lights and their yellow lights, like do not have Mm -hmm. a conversation to push the envelope further if you haven't already honored the boundaries that have been set yes. i think that's an unfair ask and I, I don't think that you the person would recognize that that's putting your spouse your partner in an uncomfortable position yes. of trying to please you and they don't feel safe mm-hmm. yes and also don't try to bring different kinks or things in it to spice up the bedroom if you're having other problems in your relationship too mm. so some people say okay i want to try to spice it up or are we are having like a moment of fighting are we having some outside conflict whatever that may be and people try to use sex to fix things mm. instead of really working on the problem at hand in their relationship whether it be your finances or whether there's been some infidelity people love to try to fix sometimes infidelity with sex and that's just not how mm. that works so if you're having any of those outside issues it's good to hold off on that like that should not even be a conversation that you should be having until you fix whatever issue that you're having with your spouse and that's good. good stuff um, alright so let's tell the people where they can find you online if they're okay. interested in following you so um, you can follow me at the sensible sexpert um, on Instagram also you can go to the sensiblesexpert.com you can find um, me there so that's where I will be hanging out at you know and I'm very accessible and responsive. So people email me all the time or DM me all the time. And I try to really answer and help out in many ways nice. that I can. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. Kevin, did you have any last words? Nope. <laughs> you might want to take a nap. I am tired. Yeah. I don't feel good. And I'm just. All right. I think on that note, we're out of here. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Love Hour. Until the next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.